Why does he have slick back hair in this flashback? Does it mean anything? Oh, you're asking? Was it a mistake? Oh, I thought you figured it out. Um, I didn't figure anything out. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alon. And this is David. And today, I finally watched Annihilation. So, Annihilation is a movie that didn't come out actually too long ago. What, like three years ago? Four yeah, years 20, ago? 2018. Uh, yeah. Uh, I really like this film. I think, you know... I said it before when we did Ex Machina, um, but Alex Garland might be like the best sci-fi writer like in this day and age. Um, certain, certainly in like the 2010 realm of existence, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't have a definitive ranking. Uh, he is one of my favorites. I loved Ex Machina. We just talked about Sunshine. I really like Never Let Me Go, and uh, he wrote The Beach as well, um, which is less sci-fi, but still like a very, very fucking weird movie. The Beach is sci-fi. Ish. Okay. I think this is probably one of his most like, like right up there with Ex Machina, it's one of its most sci-fi in the sense of I feel like it encompasses a lot of different science fiction aspects. Although you could say Ex Machina kind of just sticks with like futuristic robotics and AI. But this one I feel like touches on so many things or at least it leads a lot of things to the imagination because of how much it's like unexplained. Um, But And we'll get into it in a bit, but I think that's kind of my favorite part about this movie is how much is left up to interpretation from, you know, you, the audience. Uh, Yeah, I I can agree with that. You... You aren't given a whole lot of information. Um, you don't even know where this is supposed to take place. It's at what, the Southern Reach. And it's it a funny. coast of some sort. Yeah, it was funny. I uh, I was trying to figure out if it was a real place because, um, not a real place, but you know, based on a real place in the U.S. And Dr. Ventress calls it a federal, like a, fe- a national park. And then, uh, what's her name? Shepard calls it a state park. And I was like, well, what the fuck? And there's a federal park that's called Blackwater in Maryland and there's a state park in Florida. I was like, neither of them logistically work for this. So I'm just going to imagine it's not real. Um, we but I we know really it in the, yeah, we know it in the film as Area X. Oh, well, Area X is where the, the military is and then the Shimmer. I, I, that is another thing that he did kind of very similar to uh, Ex Machina where he has like the kind of like the chapter headings almost, which is I, I, I appreciate it in this as well. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what, three locations as far as, like, if you want to go, like, her house. Well, okay, John Hopkins, her house, the government facility of Area X, and then the Shimmer, and then, you know, everything that encompasses in that area. Um, What did you think about the pacing of the film, kind of showing the ending before the beginning? Uh, Did that, for, it's funny, because second time watching this, like I said, I watched it back when it first came out on Prime or something, but um, I don't remember it doing that to me. And then watching it again, I was like, oh, I guess it, it does do it out of order. Um, yeah, I, I, I appreciated it. I, I kind of liked it. Um, when when we f- they first start talking to her, uh, Benedict Wong, like names off, I guess is, is what, Lomax in this? Yeah. Is, um, he names off all the uh, the characters that went with her. And I was like, 
should I look these up on IMDb so I know who dies already or uh, which in the end doesn't actually matter because spoiler alert, they all die. But um, I was like, they listed them all off. And so then like two scenes later, or not two scenes later, I guess like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes yeah, later. Yeah, 15 minutes in, they like, hey, this is Shepard. This is Ventress, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like she, Dr. Ventress introduces herself and then they call the one girl Shepard and then they call the one girl Josie and you knew Josie. So then by process of elimination, you know Anya. Um, definitely doesn't make it. Um, so I... <laughs> I thought it was fine because it's like the that's not the like who dies isn't really the point, especially when like five minutes in, you know that everyone who goes in dies and you're going to just now assume that Natalie Portman and uh, Oscar Isaac are the only people who may have made it out ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I didn't mind that part. Um, it, it does set up to the fact that once you're in the shimmer, like, time is just kind of completely messed up and you you know everything moves a lot faster in there like you 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 know you'll be in there for two weeks but you're actually been in there for four months so i i like that aspect of it i really love the you know you can't see me but the quotations of um their first night or their first day there and she just like wakes up in the tent and then the only reason they know that it's not just day one, that it's like day four or five is because their food supply have run out. And it's just like, they just have no memory of the last four or five days. Right. And it's, yeah, and no, it's not, and it's not just one of them. It's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. They all were, um, they all basically just the last four days kind of when the only reason they even know it's been four days is because they look at their rations and see how much they've eaten. Right. Um, but in what's funny is Natalie Portman's character in the beginning, Lena was like, I don't even remember eating the entire time we're in there. Like, I don't remember taking the time to do that. Yeah. Um, just that's like how little, I think they thought they were, if if you follow the timeline of the movie, they think they're in there for what, like six days. So it's, there are, it took them six, six or eight. Yeah. It took them six days to get to the point of the military ba- base. And then Lena says it'll take them two days to get to the lighthouse. Right. So that's um, the quickest way out. But I think you find out that they're actually there for a couple months. Yeah, I think uh, Benedict Wong, Lomax, has four months. Um, um, the first time you saw this, uh, Dan, who's uh, her coworker uh, at John Hopkins, Lena's yeah. coworker. Yep. Did you? I immediately was like, "All right, well, he's clearly into her." Like the way he oh, grabbed yeah. her elbow. Oh yeah. And I went after that part like passed and he was like, Oh, well, my wife wants you to come over to barbecue. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess he's just friendly and kind of a weird guy. That's some friend. Like, <laughs> but when I, when I first saw that part, I was like, something is up there. Yeah. Uh, and then you clearly find out later there is, but actually, I like the, um, I guess it wasn't even that subtle if I picked it up, but like the, the little like Easter eggs of like setting up that relationship, I think was done well. Yeah, I mean, but that's such like a small part of the film. Like, I mean, I, I know why it's there. but well, the, So a main thing that I really took away from this film that I kind of like, I, I, I was so interested in this film. I, I read about it, I read like what the ending meant and what the whole movie meant. And um, I saw a couple of like really interesting different articles. Yeah, so the most interesting one that I kind of watched explaining all this was a YouTube channel by Folding Ideas, and their uh, their video about it was quite interesting. 
because it kind of made it clear that there was a difference between what this movie there's a difference between what a movie is like about and what a movie means right and i feel like this movie is like it's deeper than what the plot is about and so that's what i found most interesting about this film okay like like how um well for okay so for example you could get stuck in like the the plot of the film right being like oh what's the shimmer where did it come from and what's its purpose and you know like all that kind of stuff right but then like the metaphor behind everyone that goes into the shimmer especially like the five ladies that we follow um you could look at it at least you know from things that i read i think is purposeful that you should look at it as a ways of dealing with grief from each of them um did you know this was loosely based on a book yeah so in that book it made it like really super clear that the author was like yeah this is basically um representing each state of grief through cancer um things we experience and emotions through you know our loved ones dying from cancer and stuff and i I think this this movie does a really good job of like not making that super clear and making it more vague on like death in general but um just the way the shimmer acts and like you know how one of the first things that they say is that it's like constantly expanding right and like lena's whole thing in the beginning about her uh class was like about cancer mutation and duplication um so i thought that was like really interesting to look at it from that perspective right yeah uh, i think there's like the subtle thing of um the book she's reading at one point in a, one of the flashbacks is on like the uh like has to do with the cancer cells that they were viewing in the classroom in the beginning like the the like they're related um so yeah like i was saying there's a lot of like tiny little things in this movie one just like plot points but then two you know the bigger themes that he's going for um i i then the next thing i really liked about this was um and you know you get i think we get to area x like 20 minutes in but the stuff in the beginning this movie's so well paced that and like a lot of the movie is kind of important that it it doesn't it doesn't matter how long it takes to get to the actual point of what we're watching the movie for um but i like just the subtle way of like the way oscar isaac like walks into the house and then how that connects to the house they walk into later in the shimmer like it's the exact same house basically yeah um and the way that he walks up the stairs and you see him walk behind Natalie Portman and she like senses him, but she misses seeing him. And then he comes around the corner and sees her. And like, you can just tell it's not him. Like he doesn't, he doesn't feel the same way about Natalie Portman as she feels about him. And it's, you're not exactly sure why until you get through the whole movie and realize, all right, well, that wasn't, that's why it wasn't him you know what i mean like that wasn't him from the get-go um and i think that's just it's really cool the way that that's 
it's just very well written in that the things line up when you reinspect it. There aren't thing there aren't like plot points that seem to be missing. Um, and that's like obviously the the telltale of like someone who really like can fucking write. Um, the other thing too is, and you don't know yet that Natalie Portman is in the military, but the questions she's asking him don't like about like where have you been, what language were they speaking, da 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 da. What base did you fly into? Those aren't questions that like a military wife would have necessarily asked. They're questions someone who was in the military would ask. Right. Which I thought was really cool. And I think she does a really great job of being believable as someone who was in the military. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there was, we were watching something, we were talking about a movie where an actress was, you know, playing a character where she's supposed to be like a, either a military or some sort of officer, something in higher authority. And it just was not believable at all. And I think you, you, uh, you call me out thinking like, oh, women can't be in, in the military, uh, which is not it, it, it at all. Because I mean, take Natalie Portman, who's like, so small and petite and cute and everything but like she played this character like yeah i believe that she this person um was a soldier at one point i mean and we'll get to that in a second but the way she freaking took out that alligator come on yeah i mean (laughs) without her we'll talk about the uh the the wisdom of sending these five people in or the four people before she ch- decided to join um oh yeah bef- like without a like an actual soldier or some sort someone who knows how to freaking shoot a gun right and i think the uh one big thing that you can get uh, about this is like they sent all these soldiers in right and none of them survived right they send in these scientists and none of them survived but like this sol- soldier scientist, and that's what Ventress even calls her, is like the one who is built to eventually like take this thing down. You know what I mean? Like she's the one that can survive and like almost kind of thrive in this environment, I, th- I think is an interesting like point. Um, I-, I also like the way Oscar Isaac plays the opening of just like, I think it's it's really well done as far as like setting up like all right something's fucking off with him but then when you rewatch it, it's like okay it's because he's not him he doesn't know who this is he doesn't remember anything um and I just think that that like is is really well set up for where the rest of the movie goes one of the first like oh fuck moments I had was when she's asking him like how did you get here and he goes I was just standing outside she was like, oh, outside the house? And he's like, no, outside the room. And I was like, shit. <laughs> like, you know, it was also cool too is when he takes a sip of the water, the blood goes in right then. Yeah. So they did it as like a, a, in a real-time practical effect. And most of the times in the movies, they would, he would have drank the water and set the glass down, and then there would have just been like a tight shot on the water with blood in it. Right. But I like the way that if you're paying attention, you saw it from the beginning before the character saw it. Yeah, and that comes up again later in the end, which I really appreciated. Um, okay, so let's kind of jump into where where the the plot 
starts picking up because she meets all these other doctor women, women doctors. And like you said, they've... They just go by doctors normally, I believe. Yes, but in this case, they're all women, David. And actually, Uh, I don't think Anya's a doctor. She's an EMT, right? Yeah, yeah. A a paramedic and EMT from Chicago, which is also like, when I rewatched it, I was like, wait a second, why the fuck is she even on this? And then you get the thing about how she wanted to join an NGO, but she got red flagged, meaning like she is not the type of person you want to bring in. Yeah, but I mean, if you can survive Chicago, you can survive the shimmer, I guess is their logic. Well, I think the point is, and uh, I was reading some like, just some random internet people, you know, who pointed out plot holes to this movie. And one of the major ones is why would you send this group of women in? Because, you know, why wouldn't you send soldiers? But I think that's kind of... Because they've already, that, they've already tried that. Right, for three years. And not only that, Ventress leads the program on who gets to go in. So she's saying these people want to go in. And if everyone else has died and these four people want to go ahead and die too, like, you know, why, why are we going to stop you? So I, uh, like, I don't really think that would count as a plot hole. I did like when Natalie Portman first wakes up and Ventress comes in to talk to her. Yeah. I think in a lot of movies you'd have Natalie Portman freak out and be like, I'm not answering anything. Like you need to tell me what's going on. Da, 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 and they'd have to sedate her one more time. But she likes like, Hey, I want a lawyer. And Ventress is like, you're not getting a lawyer. And then like Natalie Portman realizes, okay, I can't freak out. You know, like she plays the character the way a smart person should be played, which is I'm obviously with the government. They don't have to give me any of the rights I'm due. So I just have to play along. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I can't freak out on her. It's not going to do any good. Right. I mean, she's already a tool. She, she already is so used to being a tool used by the government as a soldier. She's just kind of seeing this as like another mission almost. Right. And when she meets everyone, I we're coming very close to my favorite scene of the movie, but when they're finally in the shimmer, let's just, get them in the shimmer and they uh they wake up on their first day and they go to so i love when they're walking on that bridge and one of them is like oh it's like a wedding but then natalie portman looks at it she's like all these different kind of flowers are coming from the same stem and that's your first hint that something like crazy genetically is going on here uh yeah but i don't want to jump into the shimmer yet oh you don't want to jump into the shimmer yet you want to drag your feet (laughs) Yes, because I think there's a lot of important clues. I like. I think we can go ahead and say it now. But w- one of the one of the points of this movie is people have to be driven into the shimmer, and it it doesn't seem like from a military perspective they're forcing people to go anymore, because Anya at one point says, "I want to go back," and Ventress is like, "You can go back if you want," and uh, Natalie Portman chooses to go, and they're like, "Sure, go." Um, so it, it, to me, it doesn't seem like Kane, uh, Oscar Isaac was forced to go. It seemed like he was, he chose to go. Right. And I think an important point of this is why did he choose to go and why did Natalie Portman choose to go? Okay. So we, so I am actually going to skip to them being in the shimmer because it has exactly what you're talking about. And my favorite scene is when, uh, Natalie Portman and um 
what's her name? Is it Shepard in the boat? Yes. And they're talking about like everyone's basically their their baggage, their trauma. And I think that is the the perfect scene to encompass like what actually drove every person there. Well, you get what drove everyone but Natalie Portman there, right? Except you don't even you don't get Ventress until way later on too as well. But that's on purpose though. I think they're trying to get as much information packed up in as many characters that seems naturally possible because then they end up like um at that like military outpost thing right the point i wanted to make in the uh before they got to the shimmer was and this happens throughout though but ventress talking to natalie portman a lot brings up these kind of like tidbits from natalie portman and one thing she says when she's just talking to her in the beginning is you know, you kept calling his CO for six months and then after six months you stopped and, you know, Kane was gone for a year and it's like, you know, did you give up or move on? And Natalie Portman's like, I didn't move on, but you can kind of see she's like blown by that. You are like, all right, well, what does that mean? And then kind of later on you see these flashbacks. The, the first time you see her, you see her having sex and she's like kind of, you see her from the back and you assume it's with Kane and then you see Dan's face but it's just like a quick thing. And you're almost like, all right, well, what was that? Is that the shimmer playing tricks? Cause it was so quick and she like jolts awake. Right. But then you, you find out like, all right, no, she, she had an affair, but I think what's cool about just this beginning. And then we can get into the shimmer is the setup of that from the beginning. Like this movie is so well set up in the first 20 minutes before we get to the really cool part of actually getting into the shimmer. Off of, off of that, um, and the affair that she had, and even like Kane coming back. What I think it sets up the most, and it and it plays off of what happens in the Shimmer, is she's feeling a lot of guilt. Like guilt is the thing that's almost like driving her to the point where she knows her husband is you know something's wrong with him, and she wants to help him, but. On the other point of that, she might feel guilty on what she did in his absence is also driving her in into the shimmer. Right. And it's the difference between as Ventress, Ventress talks about, it's like suicidal versus self-destructive. She's like, the people that are going in there aren't suicidal. And it's almost like kind of like an ego thing. Like they all think they can be the ones to make it out. So it's like self-destructive because they're putting in themselves in a position where everyone else has died. Well, that's they all I, they all still have hope. Well, that's where the heavy cancer metaphor comes in, right? Like if you are diagnosed with cancer, you are hoping that you are one of the ones that make it out. So you have that hope, and it's not like you want to kill yourself, but usually if you want, you know, get into like a sense of depression, you go on like some sort of self-destructive path. And I think that's what kind of like the shimmer represents is like your journey through guilt, depression, self-destructiveness, whatever. Um, but you're right. Like the, the guilt that she feels, um, I mean, her character is the main character, so it probably sets it up best with her. And we only get that dialogue thing I was talking about with, uh, with Anya in the boat. But there's a, and also real quick before you move on, there's also another flashback too, because you get a lot of flashbacks with her and Oscar Isaac, right? And she asks him, you know, 
he's not talking to her and she's like why are you being so quiet are you thinking about the mission and he says no and you're like we you move on really quick but no that's not what he's thinking about it's because he knows about the affair oh you think that you think that she had the affair before he left yeah because and the reason i do is because one that scene but then later on when she actually talks to dan right after they have sex she's like i think he knows and he would only know if he came back yeah you're if right. they if they had been oh, having, you're right if they had been having the affair before he left for the shimmer you're right that's why she like won't even go to a barbecue with dan in the beginning like she's like well, oh, i'm painting the room dan also sounds like a fucking nerd like we're gonna have a barbecue until the weather holds like get the fuck out of here <laughs> Well, okay, obviously you've never planned a, a barbecue in the raining season. It rains every day in Florida. <laughs> I, I do like, too, last thing, Anya, uh-huh. who, Anya, who will become my least favorite character, does point out this, like, the logic of the shimmer where the reason everyone's died is either because something has killed them or they've gone crazy, like, that's the theory. And it's sort of like... I'm so a, interested to see why Anya is your least favorite character. Oh, we'll talk about it. Oh, I'm but sure. it's also, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy for Anya, right? I mean, like she's, she's the one that keeps mentioning that. And then in the end, she goes crazy and gets killed by something. <laughs> yeah, but she dies first. No, that's Shepard. She- I like Shepard. Anya is the short-haired girl from jane the virgin who is the paramedic from chicago oh Ka- oh oh i i fucked up yes yeah, gina rodriguez i'm thinking of cash shepherd the yeah. woman she has a conversation in the boat with right no, yeah i like her i like everyone but Anya. oh no I- i'm i'm totally on board with you i agree with you she's fucking annoying i mean it's it's purposeful too i'm not saying like i think gina rodriguez does a very good job in this and is purposely annoying yeah no of course of course she is um and we'll get we'll get we'll get all in it but uh they're in the shimmer she sees the genetically mutated uh flowers can you can we talk about how tessa thompson is just pulled in to the to the doorway like how is that even possible she's jerked from the top too so if you draw a diagram that gator stood up (laughs) sized her like stood up on his back legs and grabbed her backpack yeah i don't know i don't know um she's the physicist so she can explain how it happened (laughs) she yeah did that so what what kind of here's what's interesting i feel like um you watching this for the first time because i felt this watching it for the first time what did you kind of think that they were stepping in? What did you think you were stepping in? Like, what kind of movie? So, I had seen very little of this because when I first heard about it, um, it was like, I knew it was something I wanted to watch. And so, I didn't watch many of the trailers. But what I knew was Oscar Isaac, that there was this zone. Oscar Isaac had gone into it. And because of that, and something bad had happened, Natalie Portman was going into it. And I actually thought she was maybe going to find him in there. Okay. Um, did you, did you kind of think, oh, monster movie or no? I thought, 
No, I, I didn't know what. I thought for some reason, once people go in there, that, that like there's something bad in there. But I think I also knew that she probably got out because I think the scenes with Lomax, Benedict Wong are in the trailer too. Right. Um, from what I remember, this is years ago. But I, I actually liked that I didn't have a lot of knowledge about what actually happened in this. And I think that's, I mean, the basic thing you need to know is there's this place you go into, bad things can happen. Uh, yeah. And I think well, the movie the, does a great job of setting it up. I guess I ask you, because when that alligator comes out, um, I thought, I thought I've, honestly, one of the coolest aspects of the film is the genetic mutation. I love how that's just like a, a combination of an alligator shark. Uh, you come across like different plants that are, that are mutated. Um, deers that have like mutated with trees and the first thing that you learn is like it's impossible to crossbreed species but then it's like not only are species like different species crossbreeding but like genetic makeup from like uh, wood and and metal and stuff is being uh modified by like organic material and i was like okay it's insane yeah i mean first of all like there are aren't there there are you can cross breed species so i guess i don't really get no you can't so like dogs right like dogs are the same spe- canine species but there's just different breeds of dogs but you can't cross breed a dog and a cat because those are two different species oh. does that make sense yeah i guess so all big cats are the same species as cats i mean if you want to yeah because like if you cross breed a, a lion and a tiger and get a liger yeah and that's what i was thinking of but like, so then like a shark you can't and, make a shark, a shark and, and an alligator fuck and then you well, get a, like a like so a alligator but they can have casual sex then they can oh, just yeah. see each other for fun yeah, yeah yeah exactly as long as like the salt water and the fresh water meet up correctly it's fine um yeah i mean so when that when that part happens i'm like all right where is this going yeah, um of course but i but i think you very quickly after that you kind of realize like all right maybe this well i don't know because that happens and then jump a little bit ahead the fucking bear happens and then you're like all right well like (laughs) what's the next biggest animal they're gonna face like at the beach um so i think that does do a good job of of throwing you off what what i also noticed that at that point in the movie and and watching it throughout is this movie doesn't have just these disposable characters that are there to die. Right. Like even Shepard, who's the first one gone, you get like a pretty good backstory on like her, her, her daughter and how that affected her and, you know, her daughter dying of leukemia. And so like all of the, the five main characters are not just like interchangeable and you could, you know, it's not, they don't have extra characters just so they can build in the, the cool deaths. It's like, it's not that type of sci-fi movie. What I, what I really like about it is if you take more of a, like, um, like a direct approach, you can correlate how each character dies. And it has to do with not only their personalities, but with the, like the past traumas they have dealt with, or like more like how they, um, they deal with their trauma. Right. So like, for example, Shepard, when when uh, Natalie Portman finds her body, her throat is ripped out. But then honestly, like she's the only one that's been like kind of open and talkative about her 
her past stuff. Um, and also kind of like her daughter, I like her, her line where she's like, you know, we lost two people that day, my daughter from leukemia and then my old past self. And the way that she was just like, like zooped from the tall grass, like she was just taken, right? Cause it was so quick and you don't even see what took her. It's just kind of like, I don't know. I just really kind of like how everyone died in, in, in a different way that was suited to, to them. Yeah. And I think we're about to get to that, to the Southern reach point where we, ha- where we meet the bear. But I, I did want to say one of the plot holes that people pointed out was that after there was a gator right there, they took like a boat over the swamp. But I feel like you could easily explain like that's the direction they needed to go in. And like, if there's gators, there's probably other shit. Like it's, this whole area is dangerous. So if the boats are going to get you there quicker and that's the way you need to go, like, you know, whatever. Uh, Also, it's like that group just does make bad decisions um, as will be pointed out in a minute. Yeah. Um, I know you want to go to the bear, but before we do that, I think the military base is really important to talk about. No, no, that's what I do want to talk about. Um, Um, They get to basically what the old headquarters for the military you know, approach to the shimmer and like the shimmer has now expanded way past that. Right. And you, you learn that, um, that's where Kane Oscar Isaac's character was based in. Uh, I love, so I'm guessing that they were based in that base, uh, before the shimmer got to that part. Right. And then they were caught oh, no, up. No, no. I think the the video is where you figure out that Oscar Isaac was there. And I think Oscar Isaac made it there the same way that this group just made it there. When he went in with the... You don't think that they were based there and then the shimmer slowly engulfed that part of them and they didn't even like realize what happened to them until it was like too late? I I mean, I don't think we have any information that Oscar Isaac knew about the shimmer before the next time he, you know, before he went that first time. I think he was just one of the random groups that got sent in. So that video, I think, revealed a lot, but then he posted like even more questions. Like, yeah, and this is where I really started to dislike Anya. This this was the exact point. But they do set up that there needs to be guards around, right? Like the you know, Natalie, so first you're of all, saying you don't like, you don't say you're saying you don't like Anya because she's like, Oh, the, the giant fucking worm in his stomach was a trick of the light or something like that. I've been a paramedic for 10 years. I've pulled people off the road. You guys don't know what you're talking about. That was a trick of the light. Those were just his intestines. And it's like, what the fuck are you like? We all, all of us who watched the movie and the other four characters in the movie, we all saw the same thing. And what are you doing? I think it's just trying to drive the character that she's brash. She's in denial. Like, she's just kind of like that, like, um, isn't, isn't she the one that Shepard says that is a dick, is a... Uh, recovering a, addict. A recovering addict? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Maybe she's not recovering too well. But Natalie Portman is looking at the board and Anya even comes over and is like, what are you looking at? What are you doing over there? And she's like, oh, well, I think we need to have guard patrols. And Natalie Portman like reads off the names and struggles with reading off Kane's name. Um, that video is also like, that video and then them going to the pool right after is probably the freakiest part of this. Well, 
It's like 1A and 1B for the freakiest parts, but this is one of them. It's so uncomfortable seeing in the video Oscar Isaac wash off the knife and then them finding that knife. Yeah, but then him just like cutting into the stomach and you see like the thickness of the skin as he pulls it back and just the worm there. And and one thing is like Anya starts saying like, oh, those fucking guys. And then later on she's like, you know, your cane cut someone open, da-da-da-da-da. But you can easily tell in the video that the dude that's getting cut is like letting this happen like he's like wanting this to happen just by his facial like they're not they weren't like tying him down it was like he knew something was fucking wrong with him yeah inside yeah and we do never get an answer of like was that like one of the like a a snake mutation or a worm that just like blew like what was that inside of him really freaky. was it even him like was it maybe it was his intestines and they mutated into like a different like oh that's yeah that's well they talk about how things under your hands are moving like you can feel it so yeah i mean that that is like a, a possibility yeah um but then when you see him splayed out on the wall and i like how no one none of them like figure out that that's clearly the dude or at least no one says it like and it doesn't prove to anya that anything was wrong but when you see like I think what is his nervous system just like spread out all over the fucking wall. It's so fucking cool. With his skull like raised up. Oh my God. That's yeah. It's like one of the freakiest parts to me. The the shot that pans down from like the top of his skull all the way down to like his midsection, whatever you want to call that. Um, it's, it almost looks like a painting, doesn't it? Doesn't it look like one of those like 15th century, like Renaissance. Right. Like, well, especially with all the colorful flowers everywhere. Yeah. Um, I like how Natalie Portman looks at those flowers, you know, the ones on the side of the buildings. And to me at first, I thought like, who went over and like graffitied on everything? But they're like, they're like, a, she calls them tumors. But for me, I thought it looked more like, um, like mold and mildew and stuff. Like spores, like, like spores, right? Right. But then everything uh, is alive. Like everything in the shimmer is alive. Like the plants are as alive as the animals, which I thought was just a really cool concept to bring forth. But the next thing I want to talk about is before the bear, there's another flashback. Like from this point on, every time that Natalie Portman goes to sleep, we get a flashback. And this one, the second time I watched it, I noticed something really interesting. It's where he tells her he's leaving early. And because I watched it the second time, I know she cheated, right? And so that's why he's like, I'm leaving immediately. She won't even kiss him or he won't even kiss her because I guess he's so angry. And part of that may be because he's going to go die, right? But right. The, thing I, the thing I found most interesting, I don't know if you noticed this, but when it pans and shows Oscar Isaac, he's got the slicked back hair. Yeah. And the only other time Oscar Isaac has slicked back hair in this is when it's the fake Oscar Isaac. It's the fake cane. And I was like, it can't be the fake cane at that point. But what the fuck does that mean? Because every other time you see the real Oscar Isaac in the videos and whatever, he's got just curly hair that's going everywhere. Right. But when the fake Oscar Isaac comes back and when you meet the fake Oscar Isaac at the end of the movie, he's got slick back hair. Right. Why does he have slick back hair in this flashback? Does it mean anything? Oh, you're Was asking? it a mistake? Oh, I thought you figured it out. Um, I didn't figure anything out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, does it mean anything? Are you just reading too much into it? Or is it more like like his emotional 
right, I'm I'm reaching here, but could could it also be his emotion emotional detachment from her? And that kind of represents like second Oscar Isaac isn't gonna have any emotional attachment to her. At that point, he knows he's going on off of like a suicide mission. And then he knows he's she's cheated on him. So maybe that represents like a lack of emotion that he has towards her at that point. Right. And you know, the shimmer, it kind of, it kind of mimics, I've been like when I was taking notes and when I was watching, I kind of felt like I just kept using the word mimic over and over. Like it was just like, that's what it's doing. It's like following. And so maybe when he leaves, he is in this emotional, like emotionally distant state. And like, that's kind of the way he comes back. And maybe that's like the way he was copied. But in all the videos that you see, he's got just like curly floppy hair. And then also we have to talk about his weird fucking accent at the end of the movie in the videotape. Right. Where he apparently turns into like a Southern gentleman. Um, But we'll get to that. The next thing to me is someone pointed out online that it's a huge fucking mistake for Ventress to be on the ground like doing guard duty, she should have been on the tower because then you have one entry point where something can attack the stairs. Right. Unless you have like flying birds that are, you know, whatever. And I agree that that's a huge fucking mistake. But if you notice when Natalie Portman wakes up from that dream, she like does some stuff with a microscope for a minute. She comes out to look for Ventress and she looks around the tower because she expects her to be up there because Natalie Portman's the one with the military training and the others are not. And then she goes down to talk to Ventress. Um, and it obviously leads to a death because Ventress should have been up top with everyone else. But not Ventress's death, uh, which I also like because it almost feels like she's, I mean, she's the reason they're all there, right? She's the one who does the psych profile to be like, oh, you're good to go. So she's kind of like the cinder. Um, not saying like it makes it so obvious and I want it to all be her fault. But you see what I mean when I say that? Uh, yeah, but they're also all volunteering. You know what I mean? Everyone. Yeah. Although I will say in the next, so they have a quick conversation where, uh, Natalie Portman's trying to figure out if, you know, why did Kane go in? Uh, you know, was he suicidal? And that's where we get Ventress's. They're not suicidal. They're self-destructive. It's the same reason you're in here. Because Natalie Portman just had this dream and she's like, did he know about the affair, you know? Um, But so then we get the bear, which is really freaky, but it's not the freakiest time we get to meet the bear. Um, It drags, it drags Shepard off and it's just like, it's gone. Like that's over. That ended very quickly. But the second point that Anya really pisses me off is she's like, we have to turn back because we've been attacked twice and one of us has died. And I'm like, Anya, what did you sign up for? Like, what are you thinking here? Like, this is, you knew people were going to die. Yeah, I like how it kind of cuts back and forth to Lomax talking to her. She's, and he's like, yeah, so you, you lied to them. Because first she's like, hey, listen, we've been here for six days. It'll take us two days to get to the lighthouse. And then we'll just ride the shore to the to the perimeter. Which I guess that sounds like a good plan, but also it's like, no, you're adding two days to their to their trip. I mean, not even saying that. Who do you even know that the lighthouse is in the center of it all? 
Well, I know, but she, her point is it took us six days to get here. So it's six days versus two. And either way, it's a gamble, right? They could go back and they're going to have to face, what, maybe Gators again. Like, they don't even know what they faced in the first but four they don't days. Even they, my point is, is they don't even know how large the perimeter has gotten since they've been gone. Right. No, no. I mean, I, it's a gamble either way. And I think from Natalie Portman's – and, you know, uh, Josie, who's played by um, Tessa Thompson, who we haven't really even talked about. Oh, um, we'll, we'll get to her in a second. I believe so. Uh, but she points out later in the film that, you know, uh, she's like, the doctor, she wants to go study this thing. You want to go fight it. And she's like, I don't want to do either of those. And in the end, that is like what happens. And so Natalie Portman, in lying to them, she's like, I need to go either die or destroy this thing. Well, because- Anya, Anya is very like, yes, Natalie Portman is the soldier, but Anya is very militant is that the word i guess she it's like she kind of wants to be the leader but no one wants to follow her right but she wants to kind of do it with a sort of bruteness about her right like she wants to fight the bear and well yeah but not only that she like she wants ventress to like come back and Ventress like no you guys can do what you want but i'm going forward and then she yells at natalie portman for not sticking up with her natalie portman's like what i'm supposed to just pick your side and she's like yeah What's crazy is when Natalie Portman is doing shit with the microscope and she sees those cells like split and one of them shimmer and one of them's not. I thought that was like a really cool like hint as to what's to come. Uh, right. And I don't, I don't remember if that's in the, uh, the first time she does microscope stuff or the second time she does so microscopes. It's the, it's the day after she's taken away by the bear. Right. So they you know, Anya gets pissed and then they decide to start walking towards the lighthouse. They all agree. And, um, then they find, I guess a boot. And so, uh, Anya or, uh, Natalie Portman's like, I'm, I want to go look for him. And she's like, okay, fine. We'll wait. And Anya asked to go. And Natalie Portman's like, no, I'm just going. And she goes, finds, finds Cass with her, her neck torn out. Yeah. Which when I saw the second time, I was like, is that, how the bear is able to do what, what it does. Um, oh, you mean talk, talk like them? Talk like Cass. She, she can only talk like Shepard. That's who she's, that's the voice she's, mim- the, the bear is mimicking. Right. Um, and then after that, they're walking towards that town, um, Villa Purdue, I guess, I think is what it's called. Do you think Cass's DNA mixed with the bear's? Well, I mean, that's a question. I don't like, I think obviously it had to be something like that, but it's also, it's kind of interesting that the bear rips out her neck, basically what vocal cord area. Right. And then later on when you get a better view of the bear and it's missing a jaw. Yeah. And then it rips Anya's jaw off the same side it's missing. Like what, what was it trying is it doing that? Cause that'll help reconstruct its jaw. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure, but I think that you're supposed to get the impression that that's why the bear like went after that part and like left the rest of the body intact, right? You assume this is something that's hungry, yep. but only took out the neck. Yeah. Like I said, they don't write this all out for you. They don't explain this all out for you. And I, I really like that aspect of it. And 
me and my damn metaphorical mind is kind of seeing it at like we get what we put out in the world you know what i mean and so it's like shepherd being kind of passive about her grief with her daughter and herself and whatever is like taken out quite passively and then anya who's always like very like brutish and 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 hard and and uh militant is taken out quite in a violent way um and then my favorite death is josie's death yeah and before we before we get to that, obviously, though, um, I do think it's interesting the setup of Anya like deteriorating more and more. And Ventress, after this, talks about how like mentally and physically they're deteriorating by the second. So that's why she like heads off in the morning light after Anya's death. But they're walking to that Villa Purdue, and uh, Natalie Portman asks Anya, "How are you doing?" She's like, "Just leave me the fuck alone." And it's like, yeah. "Why are you like wh- what's happening here?" Right. And then you see the flower people. Yep. Which is really like cool and then freaky. And you're like, what's going on here? And then Tessa Thompson comes in and she's like, Oh shit, this is there. Ref- this is refractions and they're just mimicking us. And so it's not just like, they're not blocking radio waves. They're, they're changing it. And that's right. like, they're like taking the DNA of like people and they're taking this certain type of DNA that shows how like that forms the way bodies work. And you're like, all right, I don't understand any of that, but I, I'll believe it, I guess. So then um, it's like, so you, the, the thing that you learn about Tessa Thompson's character, Josie, is that she's not suicidal, but has suicidal tendencies, I guess. She, uh, well. Uh, it's like a self-harm sort of thing. Like, oh, it's described as she wants to feel something in this world, right? And that's why she cuts herself. Yes. Right. Um, and to be kind of like just lets the shimmer take her in this like not a bear not like throat cut out not fighting the bear or anything like that but just kind of like accepting and just being turned into a flower person yeah and you skipped a whole scene about the bear actually attacking them but i do I think you inter- covered that I will in a second. Okay. But you do, uh, Shepard early on was talking about how um, Josie, played by Tessa Thompson, does harm herself. And that's why she's always wearing long sleeves because she doesn't want people to see it. And when Josie does finally, like, let herself be taken over by the shimmer, you see her wearing, like, a sleeveless shirt. And you can see, like, the the lines on her arms. And then, like, slowly, if you're paying attention, you can see, like, flowers coming out of it. Yeah. And then like, as you watch her walk away and this is where she gives the line of like, you know, the doctor's trying to understand it. You're trying to fight it. I don't really want to do either. And like, just kind of walks off and lets herself be taken over. Um, which is interesting. It raised a lot of questions of why she did that. Does she think like everything's futile? Um, does she think like, I, we just have to give into this. Um, to me, it it was like way more like acceptance. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Accepting. But it's like accepting of like, I don't know, like you thinking this is like better than the life you have. Like maybe this is more, you know, if she's doing these things to try and feel something, then I I guess maybe. Or is she just like, hey, 
we're all everyone's died we're all gonna die and i'd rather die this way look i don't want to say like oh the five of them represented the different five stages of grief because i i think what we learn about these characters and what they go through is way more complicated than the than just that anya is denial and josie is acceptance but what we learn from this anya being you know an addict josie being self-harm but not for self-harm is just kind of like more it's it's deeper than that especially natalie portman's character and this uh psychiatrist um and that's kind of just why I like the cancer allegory for the whole thing. But I mean, that's just me. That's just kind of what I took from it, you know. What you took from it after watching a YouTube video, yeah. The scene that to me is one of the freakiest of this, and really like obviously makes this squarely in like the. It's it's not a horror movie, but it is like it has these horror elements. Does it kind of remind you of? Um, like obviously ex machina a little bit but for me it it really reminds me of arrival have you ever seen arrival yes i've seen arrival does it remind you of arrival i mean a little bit you got the alien aspects of it it reminds me a little bit too genre wise of sunshine which obviously alex garland wrote that as well yeah um but they go into the house right it's a perfect replica of lena's house the shot is the exact same shot of when Oscar Isaac walks up the stairs the first time in the very beginning of the movie right. or not Oscar Isaac. And then you have Anya freaking out because she just learned the DNA thing and she's like staring at her hands. Um, and then Lena, you know, microscope stuff like confirms what Josie said about the DNA. And this may have been where the, like the, they split and it's like the mimic, you know, the shimmer and the non shimmer. Uh, but then you get the flashback that really like, okay, she had an affair with Dan and it very much confirms that Dan is just an asshole. Cause he's like, you know, my wife is blameless in this. And then she's like, he's like, you know, basically your husband's a fucking like military idiot. We like have much more in common because we both work in medicine and da 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 da. We, and she's just like, Dan, get the fuck out. He's he's like, wants to talk more. She's like, I don't want to talk to you. And right. he's like, you think you hate me, but really you hate yourself. And I love, she's like, I hate both of us. <laughs> like, I hate you as well. Like, so. Um, you know, another think, thing about, about this movie is that it could have been like a simple, like, get back together movie about a, an estranged wife and husband couple, one who has an affair with someone else. And then, a, a reuniting thing which it is but then it's mixed with this like really deep allegorical science fiction and i think those layers like the really like intimate personal layers with like the outer worldly sci-fi elements kind of makes like alex garland movies like you could say the same thing about ex machina you could say the same thing about sunshine um he mixes like these like simple personal stories with these big um, thought provoking, what would you call them? Plots, I guess. Yeah. Thought provoking plots. Uh, yeah. Well, not only that, because I, what's funny is a lot of the like, and these are just like fucking normal people on the internet, but like backlash to this movie is they were, you know, talking about how this movie was built as like an intelligent movie, but 
it wasn't very intelligent and then you see their comments on it, it's like okay well you missed you missed the intelligent parts because you were wondering why they took a boat after they were attacked by an alligator yeah because that's like, not the point like who the fuck cares no and, and i think it's written enough to where those those points make sense anyway but anya goes crazy yes and first of all why the fuck is she snooping in natalie portman's stuff like what what gave you the idea to do this in the first place then you even say like oh you know there's still the theories of like stuff killing us or or you know we go we're going crazy and she's like you know what and i didn't see the bear and josie didn't either so we don't even know the bear and it's like dude Anya, you like woke everyone up because you heard the fucking bear. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you were like freaked out about it too. So it's just like, I get that she's going crazy, but it annoyed me. Um, and then for that bear, for you to hear Cass's voice, and I obviously like, I was like, I know she's dead. So like, but Anya maybe doesn't believe Natalie Portman. So she runs outside because right. she never saw Cass's dead body. Right. Um, and then the bear walking in and then it making the noise. Oh my God. Like the screams. Yeah. Holy shit. So like such a cool idea. Yeah. And just like the fact that it melds so well with the rest of the movie. And it wasn't just this thing of like, you know, some like random movie, just like, Oh, you know, it'd be cool if the bear made the same sounds as like, but no, it like works in this. And it's like such a great moment. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of great moments in this movie. That's definitely one of them. Josie turning into a tree is definitely one of them. And like you said, like the little details of those branches crawling out of her skin. It It's also done in such a beautiful way. Like I would even say the bear is quite beautiful in its own way, but it's it's so creepy. And, and and there's like elements of it's like the movie right like the 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 movie the shimmer the flowers the genetic mutations are beautiful but it has this creepy factor that's overlaid through the whole thing uh right yeah um and, and then tessa thompson takes it out with a with a gun pretty well which was cool which i did not see coming because they didn't really build her character up to be like that but that was cool well, I mean, she was shooting point blank range, so with an auto, what seemed to be an automatic weapon, I think. So, yeah, um, good job on you. Um, next, we get to the beach. It's basically the kind of the penultimate scene of this of this movie. It's yeah. like a whole whole thing, but I, I don't understand why Natalie Portman is doing an Instagram post on the beach before she walks into uh, the the lighthouse but it's called yeah. uh it's called cinematic um cinematography cinematic cinematography okay yeah, yeah. um in case you didn't and know then, that's the scientific term <laughs> and then did you notice uh, i mean you're probably not gonna be remembering remember back but they have like all these bones sitting outside of the lighthouse but they're yeah. very much like out of focus but when i saw it the first time i was like that has to be what that is like i don't even know what else that could possibly be um just almost this like ritualistic setup of all these like bones like looking at the lighthouse and at that point too when i first saw it i was like i didn't remember the detail of like how long 
they had been sending missions in here, but three years. So I guess that, that part makes sense, but it's just, it's, it's kind of cool looking. And then it's also just, you know, also you have to assume something fell from space, right? Like something hit the lighthouse pretty hard. It could have been like people that were already there around the lighthouse and the impact could have like fossilized them somehow. No, no, I don't assume that at all. And this was a point I wanted to like that, uh, that meteor, which obviously I guess it's like alien guided, but you know, if a meteor hits the earth that came from the atmosphere, you know, at terminal velocity, it's probably going to fucking destroy that lighthouse, which it's I thought called, was kind it's of called like, David, it's called <laughs> cinematic cinematography. Okay. Yes, I agree. I agree. That's probably why. Well, I think it's because it's alien. It's alien, not, not necessarily maybe a craft, but alien controlled to where, it is just kind of pinpoint and like goes through and I don't know the structural integrity of that lighthouse has to be, um, you know, limited after, after that hit. So, yeah, no, I think the the next logical thing would talk about Ventress's death. Yeah. I don't even know what that was, honestly. Um, it was kind of when it, when it got to that point and she's like in that all black room with this like aliens type, you know, motif to it. I was like, I don't really know if I like where this is going. Um, but very quickly you get her turning into this like floating eyeball thing. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was really cool. I like how it takes some of the blood of, um, of Natalie Portman. And what I didn't notice the first time I watched the video, the video taken by Oscar Isaac, which Natalie Portman watches before she gets in the hole. Um, shows you exactly what's about to happen to Natalie Portman. Right. It shows him looking at the eye. It shows him looking back up the hole and seeing his mimic being formed. Right. Um, and then it shows him choosing to die, which um, I guess if we want to talk about Ventress a little bit more, but what I want to do get to is Oscar Isaac's death. Okay. I was just going to, well, all I was going to say is that this is like the smartest freaking being, right? Because if you look at it as a, and I, and I don't want to do this because I don't really think that's, this is the point of the film, but if you look at it as a alien invasion movie, right? And you have to look at the eye forming and the mimics being formed as like, this thing is not only sentient, but this thing can probably like totally read your, read your mind or your innermost thoughts maybe and there's probably in the three years that they you know they've sent people in and they've died in this in this sort of world very few one probably has a loved one at home and then even fewer that loved one would eventually end up in the shimmer and to have Oscar Isaac being like the only alive one, and then that is the cause of of Lena being uh, put in there, and then both making it out in the end. Um, and not to get too far ahead, because I, but I'm just trying to finish up my point here is that having that like burning explosion in the end, and probably everyone thinks that. Um, you know whatever the shimmer was died but yet it lives in both of them 
it's probably the best like takeover thing that I've ever heard. I don't want to get too far ahead, but I'm just going to mention the last shot in the movie real quick. No, but do you know what I'm talking about? Like everyone thinks it's dead, right? Um, yeah, basically. And I think with the, we can get into it in a second, but I think you can take the, the eyes of Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman, what that's going to mean for the future um, in many different directions. Um, what I, what I do want to say before we get to that is, you know, I mentioned earlier that they sent in soldiers and then they sent in scientists and Natalie Portman survives because she's like this soldier scientist. Right. Mm-hmm. And originally we had thought only one person had ever gotten out before, but that wasn't true because Kane didn't actually, Oscar Isaac didn't actually get out, but like this perfect combination of like a soldier and a scientist being able to figure it out. Because if you think about it, Natalie Portman says to Lomax, like, oh, it wasn't attacking me. I was attacking it and it was mimicking me. And if you rewatch that scene, it's exactly what was happening. She like hits it, it hits her back. She runs for the door and it copies her. And so when Kane presumably tried to get out, or maybe he didn't because maybe his mind was so fucked at that point, he wanted to kill himself. But he couldn't figure out how to get past this thing and maybe no one else could figure out how to get past their own mimic who had been there before because they're they're like soldiers you know and they're not they weren't able to like outthink what they should have done in that situation they're they're more like attack i can defeat this thing and that's what i need to do is the point of it i'm not trying to denigrate all soldiers so then do you think the real natalie portman got out i i do um I think so too. And I think we can get into that in a second. I I read over the internet. Some people think it it could not have been, but it's like you see Natalie Portman, you see the mimic's face like forming into Natalie Portman. And then like, it's not like we had a camera cut and then Natalie Portman runs away as like the bomb explodes and fake Natalie Portman's hands. But I mean, she's obviously affected by this, right? Like we don't know that the, that because the mimic because the shimmer's dead that like all of the attributes that it caused on the people who made it out are are dead we don't even know it and we don't we don't even know like oscar isaac could be like he could be like the the vision that wanda created that just doesn't have the old memories but that's still oscar isaac right there you know it's funny because like i appreciate the wanda vision reference by the way very topical i finished Uh, it yeah yeah um i always thought oscar isaac made it out like it didn't really occur to me that that wasn't him i always thought it was him i always thought it was her but i always thought that both of their genetic mutations were so severely effective affected by the shimmer it's almost like that question to bring wandavision back into play here it's almost like that ship theory that the two visions were talking about on like if you keep replacing each wood and plank after the other which one is the real ship and it's like ship how yeah i know but it, i'm just saying oh, did you know did you know what it yeah, was I called because i watched the fucking show okay i did know um it's weird though it's because it's weird because you didn't say it but you knew it but you didn't say it okay i didn't want to confuse our viewers david the point is that i'm trying to make is that even if it is them how much of their genetic code has been changed to actually say it's actually them like are you comfortable being like oh 
if it's not over 50%, it's still half them. If it's over 50%, it's too much into, you know what I'm saying? So what I, what I guess the whole point is, is that if these two go on as lovers um, without any suspicion and they have a kid, is that kid going to be more shimmer than human? I mean, I think that's just genetics, right? Like if Natalie Portman is is 50% human and 50% shimmer, and let's say Oscar Isaac's 100%, then the kid's going to be 75% shimmer. And so like just on down the line. Um, we have to talk about, did you not notice Oscar Isaac's weird ass accent when he like blows himself up with the phosphorus grenade? I, I did um, the first what, time. What was that about? So I did notice that the first time, and I know I said something to myself in my head, like, oh, that's okay. But then I was thinking, like, maybe that's just the accent he had. Or, or here's a mind riddle for you, David, is that maybe that accent was a genetical trait taken by some other human that was like on his squad, right? Because if you think about it, if the whole like between the bear and the tree and the deers with branch antlers, if everything is like genetically taken piece by piece, what makes you say that like, if he hung out with someone with that accent for all that time in the shimmer, that their like genes wouldn't splice? Yeah, maybe just all the other people in his crew were Southern, and so he's in there for a year, and he just developed an accent. Um, Boom. But then it comes to the question of he's out of the shimmer, and he doesn't have the accent. And, and all the flashbacks, he doesn't have. That's because that was fake Oscar Isaac, very clearly. <laughs> okay. Because he had, if you looked, the Oscar Isaac that killed himself had curly, floppy hair, and the Oscar Isaac that shows himself on the camera afterwards is slicked back Oscar Isaac. Yeah, but what about that flashback where he left for the mission before ascending on the mission? I don't know. Okay. That's going to haunt my dreams. Also, the floppy-haired Oscar Isaac tells the slicked back Oscar Isaac to find Lena when he gets out of there. I mean, I the like, Mimic wouldn't tell. The Mimic wouldn't tell real Oscar Isaac to do that. I guess you're right, but I also like the fact that you think that you're like genetically mutated by aliens if you put gel in your hair. I think I think that's like this is like a Clark Kent versus Superman thing. It's just so we can tell which one he is. Um, also, did you notice when we go down there and see Ventress, the when we see her face and Natalie Portman's behind her, it kind of looks like she might have been a mimic that was turning into Ventress. Uh, I didn't notice that, no. Yeah, her face is kind of jacked up. And then as soon as she turns around and looks at Natalie Portman, it's like, you know, it's Ventress's actual face. Um, so I, I, I do think the one, like she, she, just, she just uses the old hold the grenade trick on the mimic and that seems to work. I, I did read something that kind of made me realize like at that point the mimic had, fully taken over natalie portman's like all of her emotions and maybe like that made the mimic hold on to it because natalie portman is self-destructive and now the mimic is self-destructive right um but yeah i mean that's just the fact that the fact that that worked and then conceivably took down this entire alien race and the entire like the thing that they've been working on for three years but it didn't 
It didn't. I, I, I get that. Okay. But but it took out the shimmer, and no one could do that for three years just to, like, hold on to a grenade thing. Did but you, you, you look know? at it, like you said, you look at it, you send nothing but military and these brute, you know, macho fucking guys in there, and what are they going to do when they come across the minute? Even if they survived and got that far to the lighthouse, what are they going to do? I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to punch their way out. And what happens when you punch their, your way out? Nothing. So it's exactly what you said about the perfect mix of soldier and scientist, you know? You know what's funny, though, is I had a thought, and I was like, if this was a, like, halfway through the movie, I was like, if this was a 90s movie, there'd be some dude that reported to the president, like, an Independence Day, who's just like, why the fuck are we not nuking this thing? And I halfway through the movie, I was like, why have they not tried to nuke this thing? Because apparently a grenade took out the entire lighthouse. Like, I... Let's bomb the shit. I, I mean, I guess maybe they, they can't get the bomb through the shimmer. I don't that's, know. That's what I was thinking. How cool would it be if, like, the shimmer was sentient in itself? In the, in the sense that, like, okay, if you're a human and you pass through it, it'll let you, right? But if you're some sort of, like, military weapon, as soon as you pass through the shimmer, the military weapon itself gets, like, genetically mutated into, like, a bunch of flowers or some shit like that another WandaVision reference for you guys. Um, did you notice that the mimic, as it's burning up, goes over and touches the dead body of Kane? Yeah. Which is, you know, it's mimicking Natalie Portman, so whatever, you know, you can read into that what you want. Um, I think everything being on fire is beautiful. Obviously, the way that it infects, like, all the DNA of, like, those weird trees that are, you know, popping up. Um, all that's really cool. I... Uh, we get back to before the final scene, we get back to Lomax explaining that, you know, a team went to the lighthouse, just walked right up to it. And now everything's dead. So the shimmer has gone. I did. There's two points before that where Lomax is questioning her and he's like, why did you lie to them to get them to go to the lighthouse? And then like later on is like, so everyone else died one by one, but you're the one to make it. And I'm just like, after watching the whole thing, this shimmer for three years, the people involved thought that this may end the world because you can't do anything to it. And Natalie Portman comes in and saves humanity, presumably like, why are you guys questioning her so hard? So the, the plot, no, I see what you're saying, but the plot of it, it's like, okay. Um, like I mentioned before, the shimmer has made it seem like it's dead and gone, but then we know because of their eyes, that it lives inside Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman. So it's not really dead and gone. Um, it's like the 17th time you've mentioned that. And the, and the reason I'm mentioning that for the 17th time is because I don't think that's the point of the story. Is it about cancer again? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, look, just look at it this way. Is that the plot is interesting, yes. Is it cool? Yes. Is it like, okay, the shimmer is going to eventually take over through the genetic birthing of Lena and Kane's child? Maybe. But if you look at it as simply a movie trying to get you the metaphor of grief and cancer and loss, I think it does a wonderful job of that. And like, fuck plot holes. Because if it's just trying to get through that message, then I think it does a really awesome job of that. Yeah, I don't necessarily watch movies because they're an allegory or a metaphor for 
stages of grief of cancer or you know, I didn't like Parasite because it was a biting indictment of capitalism. I liked it because it was a really fucking awesome movie. Yeah, but um, I'm not saying just like it for one reason or the other. I'm saying like it for both. Yeah, I get it. It's cool. But it's one of those things that you told me and I'm like, oh, that's cool. But let's talk about the plot. Oh, my <laughs> and God. And let's get back to... Is it real? What's your final oh answer? God. Is it real Oscar Isaac? And is it real Lena? What's I your think answer? It's, okay, fine. If you really just want to freaking. Okay. I think it's fake Oscar Isaac and real Lena. But Lena That's is fine. also genetically mutated. Right. And in the end, like, you know. In the end, it doesn't matter because it's really an allegory for cancer. But in the end, too, it's, it's kind of like, you know, is a. Uh, is Alicia Vikander like actually a human because she's da 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 da? She, you know what I mean? Like, I think the ending well, is very I'll, similar yeah. to Ex Machina in its thought provoking nature of like, does it even matter that she's actually a robot? Does it even matter that that might not be the real Oscar like, Isaac? Because now, it, now right. it is. Now it is. Yeah. And what, one thing that I think is cool too is, you know, I can see where people are like, oh, maybe that's not the real Natalie Portman, right? But what I like is she's like, are you the real Kane? He's like, I don't think so. And then he's like, are you the real Lena? Yeah. And she doesn't say anything, but she kind of gasps. And her, her reaction of like, to me, the reading it, and I think it's, it's really great acting, and obviously because it's Natalie Portman, is like, this isn't the real Kane, but I don't even care anymore. And maybe this Kane doesn't know I cheated on him. And maybe like, you know, she was going through this self-destructive, you know, ruining her marriage and then going into this death trap. And now, like, I have a chance to get my life back. Yeah. And I'm going to take it. And I think that that's a really cool ending to me. And then the, and then the eyes change color. I don't know if you noticed that. Did you notice that the eyes change color at the end? You know what this ending really reminds me of is so at the end, is Mark Strong even like the same person anymore? Because I mean, through all the like radiation from the sun and his mind being, you know, kind of altered into craziness, could you like even, is he even human? You think if you're out in outer space long enough, you think you're an alien at that point? I think what I think is this is an allegory for zombies in London. Well, guys, thanks for listening in to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alon. And this is David. And I finally watched Annihilation.